0: بسم الله والصلاه والسلام على رسول الله اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى ال سيدنا محمد كما صليت على ابراهيم وعلى ال ابراهيم انك حميد مجيد اللهم بارك على محمد وعلى ال محمد كما باركت على ابراهيم وعلى ال ابراهيم انك حميد مجيد اللهم الهمنا مروشده امورنا واعذنا من شرور انفسنا the favors that Allah, t- Allah has bestowed on the people of this world. In Surah Ar-Rahman, Allah, t- Allah discusses those favors and how it goes into Jannah. And how every person will enjoy paradise which will be forever and ever. But the Surah Ar-Rahman, when it starts, what is the greatest favor that Almighty Allah has made upon all? So the Surah starts with Ar-Rahman. That the greatest favor of Allah upon all of us is that Allah is kind and merciful with us all. Had that mercy not be there, then I wouldn't be sitting here and talking because I got my own life. And you got your own life. And the secrets of our lives is more apparent to us than anyone else. If it had been any king, it had been any master, had been any boss who knows the secrets of the worker, then that person would not have remained in employment for even a day. Almighty Allah starts the surah with Ar-Rahman. The greatest favor of your Allah upon all is that your Allah is most kind and merciful with all. And then the second greatest favor Allah, Tawarukullah says, Allama Al-Quran. And it is the greatest favor of Allah that that which is the greatest miracle, that which is the uncreated speech, that is the only thing or the only being that on the day of Qiyamah, when even the Anbiya alayhimussalam will be saying to everyone else that this is not the time for me to help you. I am still scared of standing in front of Allah. Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam will finally be given that high position. But he also will fall down in sajda and he will continue praising, praising, praising Allah until Allah will finally say, Oh my beloved, lift up your head from Sajdah. Now start asking. But when Quran will intercede, Nabi sallallahu said, when Quran will intercede, it will intercede right from the beginning. Quran will just stand next to the individual and it will say, I kept him awake during the nights of Ramadan. I will not leave him now until I take him into paradise. Quran will be that unique miracle of Allah that goes with an individual in the grave. If punishment comes from any side, it is Quran that stands. If Quran is someone's friend, he got everything for him. If Quran is not someone's friend, everything goes upside down. Uncreated miracle of Allah. Every Nabi that came, he showed a miracle. And every Nabi that came, had a book that he brought. The book was different, the miracle was different. The book was different, the miracle was different. Many a time the miracle came and the Nabi lived on. And they saw that miracle and then another miracle came. And then the book of Almighty Allah came and they took the book. And they were given the responsibility to record. And the coming down of that book was like a one day, one afternoon, a ten day. And it came and they got the book and now he said, let's explain. It was with Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam that the miracle was the book. And the book was the miracle. And the life of Rasulullah wasallam was linked with this entire miracle and this book. If this book was going to come down in 23 years, that was going to be the life of Rasulullah wasallam. On the last verse of Quran, was going to be the time that Nabi wasallam was now going to say, my work is done. If at that time someone had to say the work is not done, because Islam hasn't yet gone into Rome, It hasn't gone to Persia, it hasn't read Africa, it hasn't gone any way out of the Arabian land. Just spreading Islam in Arabia itself, is that the work? He had already said, my mission is a mission for the whole world, during his time and for every time after. He said, in my era, no Nabi is going to come to Africa, to Persia, to Iraq, to Iran, to Rome, what we call today, Sham, to Turkey, to the deepest parts of Africa, what we're calling South Africa, to Roshni, in that era, no one was going to come. And for after that, after 100 years, 200, 300, 400, he said, no Nabi is going to come. It was one miracle that he had come to leave to the world. It was called Al-Quran. If revelation of this Quran was going to take part in 23 years, Rasulullah would stay as the Nabi of Allah for 23 years. When the last verse would come, he would say, I now leave you. They would say, leaving us. He said, I leave you with that rope. It is a rope connected to Almighty Allah. If you will hold on to it, you will never go astray after this. This Quran came to me and you. Almighty Allah announced, إِنَّا نَحْنُ nazzalna We were the ones that sent it. Its coming down was unique. وَإِنَّا لَهُ لَحَافِظُونَ But the protection of it was even more unique. Coming down was 23 years. At that time, we were not even there to understand. But not a jinn, not a shaitan was allowed to come anywhere close. It would come in the mind of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. The writing of it would enter in his mind. He would be able to look at someone writing and he would say, no, don't make the fatha like that. Here we will put an alif, although this alif is never going to be read. A hafiz will think, there are some places in Qur'an we read anah, but we'll never read anah. There's an alif, there's a noon and an alif after that. But that alif is never read, we read anah. Never I'll read anah, why? Why did the alif come when there was no need for the alif? Every dhamma way it had to be. They never put dhammas, fathas, kasras in the beginning era. That came later. But what had to be read was the dhamma. The sahaba were understood, informed that thus goes with the dhamma. This goes with the fatha. This goes with the qasra, The wording, the reading. There were going to be different permissions given on different verses. Those permissions were going to come. In one meeting, Surah Al-Baqarah might come. Surah Yusuf comes down on one. Surah Yusuf is so long. It was one of the surahs that I found the hardest when I was learning Quran. And it was the easiest I found when I understood the meaning of Quran. When you understood the meaning, Surah Yusuf is one incident, then there is no mutashabi, Because the next has to be there, it's following the previous. But without the meaning, I was also going around like that, poor oh boy Yusuf. I also wished I could be kulwallah. It was the hardest at that moment, Surah Yusuf. Then it became the easiest. It was already from that time I thought, that how easy hivs will be, if a person can love Qur'an, as he moves, we began madrasa. Our Shaykhul Uladis, Muhammad Rahman, Damat Barakatu, would say many a time, he says, Allah's favor on him was that he did his hivs after the alim course. He said, Many do the hivs first. By the time they learning the meaning of Quran, they got no relationship with Quran. Because now you're worrying about kitabs, you're worrying about hadiths, you're worrying about Bukhari, you're worrying about Muslims. By the time you look at Quran, you forgot the meaning again. He said Allah's favor on him was, he finished his Alim course and he started his Hif's journey. Now when you're reading that same Ruku one time, two times, three times, one is it's much easier than not knowing the meaning. You already know how to read it. You already understand what's supposed to come next. So Mutashabiha don't catch you. But the most unique part of it, the best part is, when you're reciting the same thing again and again, and you know the meaning, it allows the message to seep within to the heart and body of the person. A man becomes Qur'an. Sahaba radiallahu anhum of Makkah, Mukarrama. Very few ayat were revealed at the beginning. But right from the beginning, they were told, stand up at night, and stand the whole night in Tahajjud. The question is, what were they supposed to read now? The whole Qur'an wasn't there. They were supposed to continuously repeat what they just learnt. I have a desire, may Allah make this dream reality. A time must come where a boy doing hifz of Qur'an must find the time to make my Qur'an most pakka, most solid is at the time of tahajjud. Which Allah, tabaruk said, إِنَّ نَاشِئَةَ الْلَيْلِ هِيَ أَشَّدُّ وَتْعَى وَأَقْوَمُ قِيلًا The one who will be able to stand in the night. Wat-an, he will find that this is the hardest on his inside desires. If he's able to do it, by the end of this journey, his nafs will become completely subservient. It will not be a Hafiz of Quran who says, I'm a Hafiz, but I'm in love with Fatima and Sumayyah. I'm in Hafiz, but at night I'm stuck with the computer, internet, porn. I'm a Hafiz. But I know what I do in the bathroom, what I do in the toilet. I may half is but there won't be that. But that journey of his Quran, every night when he will stand watan, he will continuously press on the snuffs, press on the snuffs, press on the snuffs. When he finishes his Quran, where Sheikh normally gives khilafat, and he says you spend 40 days in the khanka, you did very well. This boy, where his ustad will give him one certificate, you finish hills of Quran, he can give him another certificate. You have destroyed your nafs now. Now just carry on on this journey. Here a shaddu it breaks the nafs wa muqila, and it is the thing that makes the tongue most straight. This boy will know how to talk properly. He will know how to answer. He will know how to refute. He will know what to say, when to say. All of that will happen in one journey. It is the journey of the night. There is no other teacher around in the journey. It is Him and Almighty Allah. Inspiration comes at that time. When everyone else is sleeping, Allah make the dream. A time can come that the young boy and the young girl can wake up in the house before everyone else. They can say, Allahu Akbar. They can start reading Quran. But they only started the hivs yesterday. What they reading? they're reading ya يَا اِيُّهَا but he read it one time is he not shy, tired he's reading it a second time is he not tired he knows the meaning of it now he is not tired at all now Allah is speaking to him and is taking the message he he's saying ya O people of kufr he's also saying it when Allah is saying say kul, kul, say he's saying I'm repeating it it's being said to me he said Kul. يَا إِيُّهَا الْكَافِرُونَ لَا أَعْبُدُ مَا تَعْبُدُونَ No matter what you do, and you try to win me over, I will never ever worship what you are worshiping. He will say it one time, he will read it again second time, he will read it a third time, it will start seeping within. Beginning of Surah is Al-Fatiha. He will read إِهْدِنَ al الْمُسْتَخِيمِ Allah put me on a path, Allah pull me on this path, Mufassirin have written so beautifully. The beginning of Qur'an starts with Ihdinas Sirat al-Mustaqeem. The last two surahs. Qul, a'udhu rabbil falak. Qul, a'udhu bi He said, have you ever thought of the link between these two? He said, what a link there is. In the beginning, the man said, Allah, pull me on the spot. Then the next verse of surah, the surah Baqarah started, that we gave you Qur'an. Yes, but in that very Qur'an, Allah said, Yudillu bihi كَثِيرًا But remember with this Qur'an, Allah gives many the path, and Allah pushes many of the path also. And then Qur'an speaks about how different nations came, how some survived, how some failed, how some opposed, how some knew the truth they never want to accept, how some were so ignorant, different nations, in every nation how minority accepted, majority, majority failed, as it comes, then Qur'an speaks about Jahannam and how they are burning. Then it goes into Jannah and how they are enjoying. As everything carries on, carries on, carries on. Now in the end of Qur'an it says, So do you want to really be successful? And you want to be the one that Qur'an takes you in your path? Even if the whole world has gathered to oppose you, what must you do? Mufassirin writes, You will have to do exactly what Rasulullah wasallam did. Now they ask, what did he do? They say, these two surahs, surah, qul'a'u'dhu bi rabbil falak, qul'a'u'dhu bi nas, were revealed in Makkah Mukarramah in the beginning. And it was used in Medina Munawara at the ending. It was revealed in Makkah Mukarramah at the beginning. It was revealed at the time when Nabi sallallahu alaihi Wasallam had no one around him in Makkah Mukarramah. Perhaps it was his wife, but what a wife can do? It was a time no one could fight. It was his uncles all around him. They had wealth. They had power. The people who followed him were weak. He used to walk in the streets. He would see one. There was a stone on his stomach. And he would be struggling to breathe. And he would feel, if only I can pull that stone off. But he couldn't. And he would say, Oh Bilal, make sabr. As he would move, he would see Ammar bin Yasir. Yasir was himself a slave. His wife was a slave, Sumiyyah radiallahu anha. Ammar was the child. He is looking at Ammar being punished. He doesn't even know how to speak to Ammar. Ammar had just heard, just a few days ago, his mother was Sumaya, martyr of Islam. But how they martyred her? How they martyred her? After hitting her and hitting her and hitting her, they tie one leg to one animal, camel. They tie the other leg to the other camel, and then they hit the two animals. You can just think today, after 1,400 years. What the pain of that woman was? What was the boy? But when Nabi SAW sees him, all he could say is, Oh Ammar, Oh the family of Yasir, just make sabr. He could not help him at that time. What was at that moment when everything was around him? He never fall in depression. He never give up hope. He continued smiling. He continued giving courage. How he survived that? They say, how he survived when everything was going against what he would have desired. Nabi sallallahu alayhi was saying, قُلْ أَعُوذُ Rabbi'l الْفَلَقِ I enter into the protection of that Allah who opens everything up. He says, but the manner that the Nabi of Allah was saying it is not how me and you read. قُلْ أَعُوذُ بِرَبِّ الْفَلَقِ Because if I had to read even 10% of the manner that he was reading, then there'll be no depression. Then there'll be no sadness. Then there'll be no fear. Then there'll be no worry. Then daily courage will be coming. This man will be lifting one person up. How he read, قُلْ أَوْضُ Falak, That young boy who knows the meaning of Qur'an. And his first sabak was, قُلْ bi Rabbi Nas, And his first sabak was, قُلْ bi Rabbil Falak, And now in salah he's reading it. And he's reading it. And he says, I enter into the protection of that Allah who opens it all, min Sharri ma khalaq from the evil of whatever is in the world, that boy never ever will say that the people around me are affecting me. He will never say, my friends have forced me. He will never say, I got peer pressure. He will never say, I'm going in depression. He will be smiling. They'll ask him, how are you smiling? He'll say, go into the jungle. In the world of the animals, It's a very funny world. But today where people study animals, they will see that it's such an amazing thing, the animal world, that even in the animals you get something called hypocrites. So how you have a hypocrite of the animal, you got the small monkey and baboon. So the monkey is an animal you must never trust. He looks at you so nicely, if ever you go for a holiday... And he comes smiling, smiling, that give me some chips. And the small child throws it. And they write, they don't feed the monkey. Because he smiles at the beginning, but he doesn't smile at the ending. Once he gets in, he's not going to bother. This man gave me crisp yesterday. Whatever he can take, we reached a park one time. There were some people who were like foreigner. Foreigners were never told in South Africa, never leave your bag unattended. We know that. Foreigners don't know. But they thought at least in the Kroger Park, no one will steal this stuff. So they left it in that van, which is called the man driving them. We also reached there, we jumped out. As we jumped out, I'm looking into that van. It's an open van. In that van, the monkey was in the bag. The monkey was in the bag. He went through the cameras. I don't know how he scratched it, but he was looking for lunch. He pulled out the rolls, he pulled out whatever that man had, meat, other monkeys were coming. How they went through that thing, that man maybe thought, they look so nice, a monkey you can never trust. In the animal world, a lion supposed to attack a monkey. So if the monkey is sitting quiet, and the monkey is normally on the top of the tree, they can see the lion from far. So if the monkeys are not running away, then it means there's no lions. So then the other animals which can't see from above, they trust the monkey. And then they also come to the waters to drink. People who study animals have found out that there are sometimes deals that the lions make with the monkey. I wonder how they manage to speak. Their language is different. They make a deal that when I am approaching the animal, you don't talk. And if you shut your mouth, I won't attack you. And they were able to grab this where the monkey sees the lion coming. And the monkey carries on eating like nothing's happening. And the other animals just carry on life. And when the lion makes that attack, they manage to catch this, that the monkey even closes his eyes That what did I do? But it's worth it. (laughs) Munafiks in the monkey world, hypocrites, That monkey, how he manages to smile? He smiles because he knows the lion is on my side. now. When a monkey only gets the protection of a lion and he's like, I'm relaxed on the tree. And you can't trust a lion. Because as the lion is walking past and one monkey is there, you just give him one shot and you say, you also come for supper. But Almighty Allah, who can't trust Allah? When that monkey can know I'm in the protection of the lion, When that small child says, قُلْ أَعُوذُ بِرَبِّ الْفَلَقِّ I have entered into the protection of that Allah. Then what will be the nature of the child as he grows up? My desire is that time must come. That in the HIV's classes, when the boy graduates also, and for this we are creating a program. May Allah make it that it starts very soon. We're hoping after Muharram we can start this. That even in Hiv's classes, now the ustad says, Carry on door. And he says, while doing your door, let's relate with Qur'an now. It's a few, 20 minutes, 20 minutes in a week, three times in a week. Let's start this journey. In the last few days, I had the opportunity to read two incidents. I will mention these two and we will end it. It had to do a lot with a person understanding Qur'an. The first one is called something that happened perhaps about 50 years ago. It was somewhere in France. There was a Jewish boy whose name was Jed. So it became famous recently because now they have translated it. At that time it was not. Now they found the Arabic where someone recorded this whole incident. It really affected me when I thought of the main part of what I'm trying to say was what Jad had to say later on. So it's a very long story making it short. Jad was seven years old. He lived in that complex where Jews lived, Muslims lived. The bottom of the complex one man got his small restaurant shop. Jad would go there sometimes to buy some things because it's a house for everyone. It's a restaurant. So he would buy something and as Jew and that's a Muslim, you always try to do the Muslim down. So when he was going out, he would steal a chocolate. Just, just steal a chocolate. But this Muslim person was a Turk, Turkey. His name was Ibrahim. He was quite old also. And he wasn't stupid. He picked up that this boy is stealing a chocolate. And for a while this boy continued stealing chocolates. A time comes you get tired of stealing. So the day that came where he never stole the chocolate. this Ibrahim calls Jed and says that today you forgot to take your chocolate. And now he looks and he says, like you knew about it. He said, oh, you're stealing chocolates for so many so long. He said, you never told. He said, I will never tell anyone if you can promise me you will never steal from anyone. He says, as for chocolates, whenever you want a chocolate, come take for free. But don't steal. And because of that Jad, whenever he would come to buy groceries, then he would get his one chocolate. And he became friends with Ibrahim. And whenever now he had problems, as he's growing up, eight years, nine years, ten years, eleven, he's trusting Ibrahim. And he would come sit with Ibrahim and talk about life. And every time when he had a problem, Ibrahim would open up his book. It was Quran, but Jad would never know it's Quran. And he would say to Jad, you open up any page. So Jad would just turn this, and then Ibrahim would look at it, and he would say, let me tell you what is being discussed in these two pages. Every time, any two pages. And he would read only two pages, translate two pages, and in that then Ibrahim would mention that your answer is here. And this Jad would find his answer. And it carried on for years, this, until the time came where Ibrahim, at the age of about 70, passes away. Jad must be about 24 years old now. So many years he went journey of Qur'an, but he never knew every time two pages, not every day, whenever he got a problem. And now when Jad's friend Ibrahim passes away, Ibrahim's son comes to Jad, he says, my father in his wasiyah said, I must give you this box here. When he opens the box, it's that same Qur'an. So he starts crying. And he leaves it for a while until a day comes where he got a problem in life. So he thinks of Ibrahim. Then he thinks of the book, then he opens the book, but he doesn't know what it means. So he goes to a Tunisian friend in France, and he says to him that, what is this? He says, this is Qur'an. He says, what's Qur'an? So he explains to him. He says, that's what he's using all along. So this Tunisian says, like, what you want me to do? So Jad says, whenever I had a problem, I would just turn. So today I'm going to turn it open. And wherever I turn it open, I want you to translate for me the two pages. Because I always found my answer in those two pages. So he turns. And then the man starts translating. And the man doesn't even perhaps know what really the problem is. And as he's translating, Jared finds his answer also. And then he says to the man, I never knew this is Quran. So after a few days, he decides to become Muslim. And when he accepts Islam, now Quran becomes the mission of his life. Mission of his life. So they say, while he's in Europe, 6,000 Jews and Christians accept Islam on his hands. 6,000 which is a huge amount. Jad, Jad, whatever. He calls himself Jadullah Qur'ani, that Allah's Jad. The one linked with Qur'an. Then he continues his journey in Qur'an, he's reading, reading. And one day he opens up one page and he finds a small map there. This is a map that Ibrahim had left, whatever the reason of the map was. So he opens up the map, we've got the different countries, continents. But he sees Ibrahim's signature is where Africa is, what we call Kenya, Sudan, that side. He wrote his signature there. And under the signature, he wrote one verse, اُدْعُوا Bil Hikmati Wal That invites towards the path of your Allah with unique words of wisdom. So Jad looks at the day and he says, was Ibrahim trying to give me a message? That I'm not meant for Europe, I'm meant for Africa. So he looks at it a few times, that why did he sign here like, by Africa? So he makes a decision that I will leave Europe. It's not easy to leave Europe. And the luxuries of Europe, he leaves Europe. And he comes to Africa. For about 30 years, they call this man the da'i to Allah in the lands of Africa. 30 years. How many people accepted Islam on his hands is not known. But some of them have written up to 6 million. Now how they managed to gather that we don't know. But what is known one time when they're having a conference, one Egyptian met a person from Africa. And he's saying, I come from this place. So he says, were you also affected by Jad's teachings like? Because I heard Jad went into all these tribes, tribes and tribes accepted. He says, no, no, but I accepted Islam because of someone who accepted Islam because of him. So he said that legacy is carrying on even further now. That people are like saying, I'm the grandson. And it never ended there. During the 30 years of Dawah, Jad's mother remained a firm Jew. And she was a lecturer herself. And she continued giving him Dawah to please come back. 30 years, then he died. When he passed away, she accepted Islam. And she said, my dower towards him for 30 years could not bring him on. What was that message that that Sheikh Ibrahim had given to him? That 30 years of his mother's begging could not change him. That I had to finally change. She accepted Islam. This man's entire life when they asked him, what made you accept Islam? So he said it was two things. Whenever I opened Quran, I always found my answer in it. And he said, the second is the man Ibrahim. So many years gave me the solutions to my problems. But not one time did he ever tell me that why don't you accept Islam? He said, he gave such a da'wah to me that he never told me to accept Islam. But Islam entered right into me. He said two things. Jadullah al-Qur'ani. When he could hit that Jew and he could become a light for the world. May Allah make it, it must hit us also. When the Jewish boy without Islam could find the solution to his every problem in the translation of two pages, why can't we find ours? We just need someone to translate. As I read that incident, then another incident came in front of me. The opposite completely. This boy is in what they call the young, the young, like the church. You get that young group of the church, like, So he is the head of the youth, the youth movement of a certain church, whichever one it is. And he says he had many questions about Christianity, but now when he got the job, life is just carrying on, carrying on. And during that time when he's the head of the church, his mother accepts Islam. So it's a very hard thing for him because he's the head of the church. So he goes to his mother and then he says continuously he and his mother would have sometimes debates, but then he can't fight with his mother. The most that he would do is when his friends would come to his house. Then he would put on what they have, the Christian music. So he said, I would put it on extra loud so that my mother can hear it. And again, she can start getting that feeling of what we used to sing in the church. He said, years and years it carried on. He said, finally, I went in depression because my friends are telling me, you the head of the church, your mother is Muslim. So in depression, I decided to give up the church and I decided to go on something else. I spoke to my mother and I said, okay, I'll carry on now. I'm leaving. I'm going to Australia. So on his way to Australia when the day the book when it's booked his mother comes to hug him and then his mother said and I made something for you like what we call like a pancake or something said I'm putting this in your bag make sure you take it so she puts that packet in his bag and then he goes now when he's on the flight now he's thinking I'm hungry let me just take what my mother gave as he opens up he finds that that pancake is there whatever it is a Quran is there also how his mother gave Dawah she wrote a letter but she never said I want you to study Quran. She said, Oh my son, the land you're going to, Australia, got lot Muslims. Many Muslims will come and debate with you. For you to be able to answer them, you will have to know what their book is. I have sent this book so you study it. Ajayz, he said, I began studying it when I reached. It started with one page. He said it went to two pages. He said there were nights when it would be five or six pages. He says, as the journey of Quran started, He said, my entire world of answers which I had for years and years were given to me. And then he says, one person's mother became later, he accepted. This person's mother first accepted, He Quran was the link for all of them. May Allah make it, Quran is our link also. People found Hidayah from darkness with Quran. We are already in light. How is it the boy in light, the girl in light is falling into darkness? It's because that link which they use, we haven't got that link. May Allah make it that this jalsa, where this boy is graduating now, he doesn't end it now. But he goes back to his teacher and he says that if now I learned the whole Quran by meaning, and it took me so long, now I got no stress. Now I don't have to read door in the morning and be worried, I'll get one, two shots. Now I want to learn the meaning. So let's start a program where you teach me one surah, one surah only. And I look at that there, I understand, okay, this means this, this means that. And during that day in Uwabin, I'll read Kul'a'u'zu bi Falak seven times. And I'll ponder over the meaning, ponder over the meaning. Then I'll go to Kul'a'u'zu bi Nas, Naas, قُلْ وَاللَّهُ أَحَدُ إِذَا And I'll start making my journey. The program that we're making is to help for this year. Whether a teacher wants to use that same program or any other program, Allah said, وَلَقَدْ Quran al لِلذِكْرِ We have made Qur'an easy for anyone who wants to. We normally translate it, memorize it. Lill-dhikri, one meaning of it, the main meaning is we have made Qur'an easy for anyone who wants to take message. mim Who is there looking to take a message from Qur'an? Allah make it when Allah asks this question. Now every one of us we reply to Almighty Allah. We say, Allah, it is me. I want to take that message of Qur'an. And whoever will say I, Allah will open up a door. That one day we can also read Quran and understand the message in Quran.